0: Um, open the Word of God with you this morning. That we would be able to stand and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is truly risen. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Day. Early in my ministry, I worked under a a pastor who was a missionary to Korea. And he said, Cal, the best day in the week for me It's the Lord's Day. There's just something great about the Lord's Day. And that little seed got into my life, and I love the Lord's Day. Uh, It's His day. Every day is His day, by the way. Psalm 118 says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But the Lord's Day is a special day, because that's the day when His people gather to worship they're joining the ones in heaven who have already preceded us. And we're down here waiting for, his, for that call when he calls us. So it's a great honor to open the Word of God. And uh, one of my great concerns as we gather around the Word of God is that we don't just hear it, but allow it to sink into our hearts. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time practicing the Word. God says, love me. With all your heart? Yes, Lord, I got that. But I don't feel like it. So that's hard. And then you get a situation, you you got a neighbor. You got to love. You know, there are commands. By the way, the commands of God are not optional. When you feel like it, then you do them. That's not the scriptures. And that's why the Holy Spirit has come to not only regenerate us, begin to change our minds, our thinking, everything, so that we'll be the man and woman or the child that He wants us to be and that's the gospel and that's why Paul wrote he was so concerned for the church at Philippi he wanted them to know the joy of Christ every day not occasionally like one hour a week well you know I'll I'll go and worship and I'll enjoy the Lord for this one hour 24-7 he's with us I will never leave you nor forsake you occasionally I'll take a vacation then I'll come back no that's not the Lord and what's he doing he's making us more Christ like if we're in Christ he makes us more Christ like so in a way uh, it's an honor and uh, I just pray this morning a prayer that I continually pray there's several of them. but from Psalm 119 and by the way if you have your Bibles uh, open them And uh, if you don't know this scripture, it's okay. At least read it over. And by the way, uh, my wife and I had the privilege of serving the Lord in a foreign country. And and, uh, I had a doctor who came to Christ. And I'd point him to a scripture week after week. And finally he came to Christ. And uh, one time he said to me, he said, anywhere in that book is good. And I say, praise God for that. Psalm 119. let uh, see if I can get that text now here. 125. I'll do 24 and 25. Whatever the psalmist was struggling with, he, wanted, he knew the Lord. It's a prayer, by the way, 119. But he said, deal with your servant according to your love. This is the NIV. And teach me your decrees. You see, the dealing of the Lord and the teaching of the Lord go together. He blesses us and we need to learn. Learn, teach me, Lord. But this next verse. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. Now, I don't know about you, but that's one area I'm weak in discernment. I need discernment. Because I'm like Martha in many ways who gets easily distracted and I wish it was more like Mary who learns to sit at the feet of Jesus. And what he's saying is give me discernment. Give me focus on what you want. What's on your heart? Help it to be a mind. Now this is probably David but whoever it is it fits in with the church. We need discernment. We need to know the will of God. And that's what we can pray. God didn't leave us as orphans, he says, but I sent you all the Holy Spirit to work within you so that your children, sons and daughters of the living God. So with those uh, remarks, let us uh, pray that God would give us that discernment this morning. We are his servants. If you're a Christian, you're a servant of the Lord. And uh, if you're not, we invite you to humble yourself and confess Christ and ask him into your heart. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful today that we can assemble and uh, all that's on your heart, Lord, we want on our hearts. So we are your servants, and you're our Lord. But we're also aware this morning, Lord, that without you helping us, give us understanding that we'll discern your decrees, your word, your truth. And Lord, not live in a time when we can waste time, but that we can redeem time, that our hearts will be set in tune with your, with your heart. Prepare us, lead us, and stir our hearts, we pray this morning. We thank you for the privilege. We're thankful that you're here. We pray you'll bless your word to our hearts now as we read it and study it together. In Christ's name, Amen. I understand that there's a new documentary in the footsteps of St. Paul. Now, we have a Paul here with us, and Paul, we're glad you're here. I always kid someone when I see the name Paul or some other name, John. I said, well, that's a great name, and I get talking about him. But uh, Paul was very unusual. So the documentary is a a BBC documentary, and uh, the film brings out a couple facts, and I just want to briefly mention them to you. The film... uh, accepts as fact the supposition that Paul believed that Christ would return in his lifetime. That's a beautiful thought. Do we think that not in my lifetime but maybe the next group? No. He could come today. He doesn't tell us the time. So that was one fact. And the other one was this is a hard one for me to comprehend but they they, uh, bring out in the film that Paul when his, his life was radically changed by his encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, his essential personality did not. So if he was Paul before he was converted and he was a depressed person, guess what? He's going to be a depressed Christian now and God's going to help him through the depression or whatever it was. But it, it, gives, it describes him this way. Saul of Tarsus was an intense, passionate, deeply driven man. Paul, the slave of Christ, remained all this, yet became much more. This is something wonderfully comforting in the fact that God saves the soul of a man and then works through his existing personality, molding and harnessing it for his own means. See what he does? He says, I'm going to make you the man I want you to be because you're now in Christ and I'm going to let Christ's love flow through your life. That's it in a nutshell. Easy to hear, but hard done at practice. See, Christ, God's interested in molding us individually and corporately. See, the gospel is not, you know, I'm over here and I can believe, but you don't need. No, we're it, And you'll see that as we unfold the, the book of Philippians. Well, if you're here for the first time, Pastor Carlos has been uh, preaching through, Paul, through um, the book of Philippians the book of Philippians, and uh, it's been a wonderful study because it's thrown me back to reading it and studying it. And he said a couple weeks ago, he said, Cal, I'll be away. How about filling in? So he gave me chapter 4, 1, 2, and 3. But I have to say that I have to go back to 3, chapter 3, verse 17, because it sort of fits together. Now, if you have a Bible with with you, please uh, open it uh we don't encourage of course you can use the the uh, scripture in the in the bulletin but briefly we want to look at the author and you probably already know who that is chapter 1 tells you Paul and his associate Timothy servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and deacons that's a powerful statement what's he really saying here Paul realized that he was not over the church, he was under the church as a servant. He says to all the saints, and who are they? The dead? No, they're alive. That's us. That's the church there. They're alive. And they set aside for God's purposes to be accomplished in their lives. That's what being a saint, in Christ. And I think that's the key figure. Keep turned that God places us in Christ, in the body of Christ. And uh, at Philippi, the voc- location. And then he mentions overseers and deacons. Probably it was an organized church. So that's a little bit about the author. I want to tell you a little bit more about him in a minute. Uh, but Paul, and he write, as he writes this letter, could have said, "Look, I've paid my dues as servant of the Lord. I'm taking a vacation." No, he ended up in jail, prison, for his faith. Now maybe maybe we won't get there, but maybe we will. Who knows? And uh, some you know, present day, the people in Iraq are one location. But if you're in Nigeria, wherever you are in the world today, if you're standing for Christ, it's a very possibility that not only might you give your life, but you might end up in jail. Well, Paul understood that because he did. He practiced. He, there, there's three possibilities of him ending up in jail or prison. One was Ephesus and. 53 to 55 AD or Caesarea but the more likely uh, place was he was in Rome and Acts 24 tells us that if you read it over the last couple verses particularly tell us he, where he, he was in rented quarters and people could come and visit him and, and uh, he could talk with them which is a great uh, ending of the book of Acts and what's, what prompted this letter well we probably have read it but as I'm reading through it again it uh It struck home to me that when Paul went to Philippi, he was so directed by the Lord that the people there, when they heard and believed, there was a knitting together. They became part. Now, as Christians, you have to be very careful of relationships. And Paul realized that their relationship in Christ was one that he cherished. He loved it. He gave him all the phrases there in the fourth chapter. Uh, that my, he, he mentions them, my beloved, uh, my crown, my joy. Uh, he, he, he had a great affection for the church there. But turn to chapter 1 if you have your Bibles. And Paul writes there, chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. In my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul, writing to a church that he helped plant. Now, if you read through the gospel, of, uh, through Acts, you, you'll find that Paul uh, in, was radically converted. The Lord met him. He was persecuting the church, and the Lord had to strike him down. And uh, he got the message, and he realized that in that process of being restored, God had chosen him as a special vessel. And that a part of that vessel was he was going to suffer for the Lord's sake. So the, the disciples um, welcomed him. Not, they cautiously welcomed him. Good old Barnabas stepped up and said, you know what, you question him, I'll stand for him. So they accepted Paul because of Barnabas. And then gradually as the church expanded, they sent Paul and Barnabas out on the first missionary trip and they came back and they just went to the synagogues. But the second trip, when Paul came back and reported the churches, uh, Paul decided to go out again. And uh, he and Barnabas had little differences. And by the way, there will be differences in the church. And uh, he, they had a difference. So um, Barnabas picked up John Mark, who left them in the doing the first missionary trip. The whole story in itself. You want to study Uncle Barnabas and and Mark and how God used him to bring him back to into the fellowship is a great story. But anyway, uh, put that down in the future. But getting back to uh, Paul, Paul chose Silas, and Timothy was added to the group, and they started on their second trip. And just like many trips, God, the Holy Spirit has to come along and say, "Look, don't go this way; go that way." And you say, Lord, you got that right. Be careful, Chuck, and <laughs> when you make your trip. But um, Paul and Silas were so desirous to do the will of God as they waited on the Lord. And by the way, Doctor Luke was with them because anytime you see "we" in the in the Acts, you know that Paul, the writer's there. And so uh, they're waiting on the Lord, and um, so lo and behold, this is what happens during the night. Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and, and begging them come over to Macedonia and help us after Paul had seen the vision we including Luke got ready at once to leave for Macedonia including the God, Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them now um, that's a very interesting phrase because instead of going this way to the east they went to the west and ended up going to Philippi now uh, my wife and I (coughs) have been missionaries in uh, Japan and uh, I don't know if we had a Macedonia call but we had something similar to it many years ago and uh, we had the privilege of working with the Japanese Presbyterian Church and seeing two churches start and uh, they're still in existence last month I got an email from the church our first church and uh, the brother wrote me and he said look the 28th of September 2014 the very day that we're meeting here we're celebrating over there the beginning of the church that you helped start now friends who can get the glory but the Lord the little pastors worked with that group. They had their ups and downs. They had to move from location to mo- location. They finally have found, I think, have a building now. So we sent them greetings. And guess what we wrote? We wrote these verses from uh, Philippians 1. I thank my God every time I remember you. The gospel goes forth, friends. And uh, he uses it, various ones in different places at different times to build his church and build, to extend his kingdom. In the providence of the Lord, that whole area now, in Nagoya, which is a, was probably the third, I think, the third largest city, Tokyo and Osaka and then Nagoya. You had 2 million people when we were there. That's many years ago. But anyway, the beautiful thing is that place now has its own Bible school slash seminary. It has past, uh, pastors and, and missionaries extending the kingdom and we thank the Lord that he's causing his church to grow well now let's go back to uh, brother Paul he uh, he receives a call and some of you probably might be in that place where God's saying look I want you to follow me wherever I take you it's a pretty high calling so you say well let's let that for the young people you never know you're not finished until the Lord says come home so I don't know if the Lord planned little, but anyway, <clears throat> Paul uh, traveled to uh, Philippi, and um, they looked for a place to worship. And they couldn't find a place. Looked for a place of prayer. Sat down and began to speak to a woman, who uh, the women who were gathered. And guess who was in the midst? I love this. Lydia. Do you know what it says about Lydia? Her occupation was that she was uh, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Tyra, Tyra and Tyra uh, Ta and, Tyre, 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 and, and uh, was a worshiper of God. And when she heard that Jesus Christ was alive and, the, and Paul was proclaiming that message, she asked Christ to come into her life, and immediately um, she was baptized with her whole family. So there's one congreg- one part of the congregation right there. And uh, then, you know, whenever the gospel goes forth, you're going to get opposition. So a little slave girl who could predict the future uh, was making profits for her her employer, and she kept coming along. And it's interesting in the scriptures where a person who is not a Christian comes along and says, this is what they said about Paul and his his, uh, little team. These men are worshiping the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. The message. But she didn't know the Lord. So after she kept annoying them, he turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to depart from her, and she was delivered. Now, we don't know if she ended up in the congregation or not. But we know that the power of the Lord was demonstrated. And uh, her, her boss, her owners came along and said look we don't like these guys we to throw them in prison so here you are with a Macedonia call you go and find one lady who and her family who came to Christ he's thrown in prison but you know that didn't dampen his spirits he and Silas are in prison do you know what they were doing there can anyone remember they're worshiping and praising God And all of a sudden, you know, the Lord uses this sometime to get our attention. He shakes the whole prison and the door is open. And that jailer said, you know what? These guys are gone. Best thing to do is for me to take my life. And Paul said, no, we're all here. And then he asked that great question. What must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your family. And he, they were washed his wounds. They um, all were baptized in the second family. And the, the end of Acts 16, you see that Paul leaves. And with just two congregations, I mean two families, left them in the hands of the Lord. We don't know. I'm sure they made other trips back and probably sent someone to, to teach them. But they had the scriptures. How much did they have of the scriptures? How many Bibles did they have? I don't know. We don't know. But he 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 uh, committed him to the Lord and went on his journey. So that's one of the reasons why Paul is so thrilled uh, when he to write to the church of Philippi. And the second reason is in chapter four, uh, Epaphroditus. And by the way, no one met, I ever no one ever names their child Epaphroditus. But <laughs> but Epaphroditus is a very key figure because from the church in Philippi he came to Paul with a gift. And he ministered to Paul because Paul said, you've done your service to me and through for, through Epaphroditus. Now, so that's the second reason that um, Paul's writing to give thanks. And I believe the third reason, if you're writing down reasons, he shared his, his uh, circumstances and encouraged him to, fi- to stand firm in the Lord, facing possible persecution and uh, the other circumstances that face that face his life now pastor Carlos took chapter 3 and from 17 uh, on to the end he um, reminded us last week that we have a heavenly uh, we have heavenly citizenship with with the Lord in heaven and on that particular note uh, the fourth chapter um, I'm going to just read the last part of that because I think it's very important uh, chapter 3, verse 17. Join with others in following my example, brothers and sisters. And take note of those who live according to the pattern we, we gave you. So there's a pattern, a lifestyle that's centered on Christ. For as I often told you before, and now say again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now where are these people? Outside? No, there are many times in the, ch- in the church. And you say, we're not in our church. Well, I don't know. The only thing interesting about a membership is we take what you say and we believe it. But we want you to walk accordingly. And many times we don't know what the Lord's doing. And our own hearts are prone to wander, as the hymn writer says. So Paul says, be careful of those who uh, identify themselves as the enemies of the cross of Christ. My friends, that's a pretty serious um, charge. And we need to be uh, well aware that the church today is under attack. From the outside, church has no value. Playing games or whatever. And from within, to divide. And so Paul reminds them that we, that he reminds them that the enemy's there and we are in a spiritual battle. And he goes on to ex- explain that to them. Then in verse uh, 20 he says, but our citizenship... Is in heaven. That's Pastor Carlos brought it out real beautiful last week. We live as those who are governed by, the, by our heavenly citizenship. We live that way. And he says, Why? <clears throat> because uh, we await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And two uh, aspects that he brings out here who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he's a sovereign Savior and Lord. But he's also one that's going to transform our lowly bodies so they'll be like his glorious. And if you have ailments this morning and you have great physical needs, Jesus has promised to give us a new body like his glorious one. And uh, that's a great reminder. Then on that base, on chapter 4, verse uh, 1, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord dear friend what is he saying here he's saying the issue is the cross of Christ it has to be the center of our lives it has to be the center of the church and when we will lose that we have nothing left and he says I want you to stand firm take your post the best you know now I know it's very easy to drift and become um, and say well um, I don't feel like it, or I can't, or I'm too weak, or whatever other excuse. But we need to ask, for, pray for one another. That the Lord would quicken us by His Spirit so that our heart will be on His heart, and that He would help us to be stand firm. That we're in Christ, but that we need to stand for Christ and for His church. And then He deals in chapter in, in, uh, 4, verse 2 and 3. Uh, there was a little uh, difference between Yoda and Cynthia. And he said, I plead with him. Now, it's interesting that here, the church in Philippi, and way over in Rome, where he possibly is there, he gets the word that these two sisters, they're workers together in the church. That's what he goes on to say here. The fellow, uh, help those who contend at my side in the cause of the gospel. So workers can easily get ticked off. My wife, I think, uses that word, but... Um, And so we have to be very careful relationships that when we offend someone and we know it, then we need to deal with it. If we don't know it, then we have to pray that that person will come and tell us, sorry, I failed you. Now, it's very easy at that point to say, you know what? Forget that group. Forget that person. Let me do my thing. The body of Christ has to function together. One part is hurting. You don't say, I'm sorry, I don't need that part. No, we got to address it. So, so it is in the body of Christ. But I love it here because he goes on to say, <clears throat> he called uh, this one person, my yoke fellow, help these women uh, uh, who contend with me uh, for the gospel. There's the gospel again. Along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. My fellow Christians, not listed, thank the Lord for that. But I thank the Lord for this church and the many of the people that do the bringing up the preparation, the shed duty, I guess they call it, under hospitality, and uh, the book table, whatever aspect, all part of bringing together so that when we come together, our worship is pleasing to the Father. So Paul's very thankful for that. Now, Paul, Paul reminded the church, and we need to remind ourselves, we're in a spiritual battle today. And I know sometimes that goes right over your head. But I want to encourage you. I don't know where you are with your walk with the Lord. But I want to encourage you as a, as a brother, as a, as a brother, that early in my Christian life, someone encouraged me to read the Bible every day. And I didn't understand too much then. Don't understand much more now, but I know it's the living word of God. And I would encourage you to read it. Now, not as legalist and say, well, I've read so many chapters, therefore... I... No, with a hunger for God. God's got to give you that hunger. If there's no hunger for the Word, you just wonder, but that's something a person has to deal with. And then learn to pray for the church and for... Um, and by the way, next, this next month is uh, pastor appreciation. And we want to pray for our pastor and his wife. But uh, pray for your family. Prayer. Paul says, I'm thanking the Lord for you, church, over there in Philippi. Prayer is a very vital part of his life and should be of our lives. And I was really uh, also challenged as a young Christian that the world is, is the mission field of the gospel, not just my city. And that's on the heart, I believe, of the Lord, and I want to know my heart. And we have to be aware there are enemies of the cross and uh, acknowledge that God puts us together. I don't understand God's ways I'll be honest with you but I know he builds his church now in application I want to ask you this morning are you a believer in Jesus Christ have you come to the place where you realize you can't save yourself and only in him there's forgiveness I encourage you if you haven't ever believed today that you would take time to say yes I know Christ died for me and I'm willing to give my life for him and if you are a believer are you standing for him Not physically, but heart wise. It's your heart with the gospel. Do you want to see the gospel made known in all its clarity and all its purity? Then embrace it yourself and then seek to make it known to others. Now, many times people think, oh, if I tell the gospel, I got to at least give them a track or tell them something. No, that's not what it's about. It's showing the gospel by your life. And do you know an interesting thing in the life of Christ? It was his deeds. That pointed many people to him. And many times you don't see deeds. But deeds were used of God uh, then and now to show the love of Christ. And you probably have heard of stories where people just do the very common, ordinary thing for the Lord. They might not express it that way. But your work is a place to bless others. If you're a Christian, your school, whatever you're doing. I have a dear friend in uh, Winfvers changed his whole life. Many, many did, but uh, this one particularly said, "Cal, when I learned 1 Corinthians 10:31, whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, do all to the glory of God." My whole life was changed. My outlook. I'm here for Him, and uh, so I want to challenge you this morning that our citizenship is in heaven. We don't know how many hours or days we're going to be around. I have to say that because I know it could be very close. I don't know. But I want to be ready when he comes. And I want to help others know him. Now here's a prayer that you can pray if you're saying, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. So if I a fellow named Alexander White. Lord, I give myself to you. And when I cannot give, I invite you to take whatever you want to do with me and us as a family and as a church then Lord accomplish your purposes and just make me obedient and faithful where you put me let's pray Lord we thank you that you're working in us that we're slow learners some of us have a hard time hearing and when we do hear we have a hard time obeying so Lord quicken us by your Holy Spirit we pray this morning accomplish your will through your word in each of our lives bless us as we continue to worship now we pray in Christ's name Amen